Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place, the legend of Korra. Hello everybody and welcome back to Streaming in Place. Today we are doing our season two wrap up for our book two. Uh, spirits for the legend of Korra, uh, and we'll see, it'll be interesting. I look forward to our conversation to see, like, because because I'm here's the challenge I'm presenting to everyone: we can't just bitch about the stuff that we don't like because we've already done that a lot <laughs> for, the, for the past week. So we have to get creative and and have other things to say besides it should be better. And also, I just did a lot of that yesterday, so. Challenges? Can we find new things to say about Absolutely. season two? I'm all set. I'm ready to go. Well, I'm going to throw this. it to you first, then, Noel. How was yeah. it revisiting this for the first time since you were writing about it? Right. So it was a weird sort of experience to rewatch a show that I've written extensively about. I had the same experience when I was doing Hannibal uh, last summer um, or summer before last as a rewatch, and going, right? I don't have to write about this. This is great. Um, it's such a relief, but it was also just a weird experience of going, wait, what did I write about this? Um, and going back and occasionally rereading it, which is what I did with Korra season two, since all my reviews for that were available. And to kind of get to your challenge about, <sighs> it could have been better. Um, here's what I'll say. And I actually ended my season two review this way. And it's something that I went, that was a good point, past Noel from eight years ago, um, was maybe we put too much pressure on this season and we're looking too far at its, pre, at its predecessors to inform what horror should be. Um, so maybe what we need to do is just delete everything from existence. <laughs> Book one of Korra, all of all of Avatar: The Last Airbender, and let Korra stand on her own for the next two seasons, mm-hmm. um, because it our our conception of Korra, the show, is so deeply informed by what it did in book one, in particular, that anything else feels like a lot of pressure, especially given the production um, behind it. Um, the kind of, <laughs> by the way, we want a lot more episodes. Um, that really influences a number of things that happen behind the scenes, um, which starts to become really apparent starting in book three um, for various reasons. Um, But I think that that's something we should like start to consider is like trying to take the season as a whole on its own. And I still think that there are like significant structural problems and significant character arc problems within book two, even as an isolated thing. Um, like we kind of said at the very start, and Allison made this point, I think at the very beginning of the season is that it very much feels like another whole pilot um, for Korra. And even more so, it feels like a Netflix pilot almost of this is the version of the show we want to make now is we've got the spirit world open to the, to the human world, to the material world, or however you want to like splice that particular atom. And this is the kind of story that we want to tell now that we've done our Amon story, but this is, this is our story now. And I think that going forward, that's kind of the frame of reference to have is that this, this is the show that we're working with from now on. Um, And so I think that that's, that's what I'm going to try to do when we get into book three and book four, Um, because I remember really liking books three and four. But 
I also don't know how much of that was informed by the whole process of book two was really bad. Lowered um, expectations. Right, exactly. Maybe I should ask for books three and four drug drug tests to make sure that they're not doping before we get started um, to like lower that bar or raise that bar. I'm not entirely sure what the strategy is there. Um, <laughs> So that's kind of where I am with it, um, with this is the start of like the show and season one was just kind of a prelude. Um, I will say that I think to do, to answer the other thing that we wanted to talk about, which was what was a good thing that kind of came across this season. And I really do legitimately think that the entirety of the Tencent arc is really great. And is probably the strongest bit that book two accomplishes. Um, I think that his whole, this is who I'm supposed to be, this is how I'm supposed to act, is really beautifully handled across a number of B-plots across episodes. So from his conversations with his siblings to training Milo into being the scariest possible lemur trainer in <laughs> existence, to rescuing his family from that fog by accepting that he can't be Aang, that he has to be Tenzin, um, I think is really great and really beautiful. and. It's a good parallel to what Korra is all about. The show Korra is all about with Korra the character, but that this season does a really bad job uh, dramatizing with its main character, but it does a really great job of doing with Tenzin. Um, so I'll be really curious um, as we go forward with the, our, how that gets played out across books three and four. I'm going to be very excited to see how Allison reacts to our villains for seasons three and four. I think that the villain for book three is one of the most interesting, compelling villains that the show, both both franch the franchises produced in a lot of ways. If I'm remembering that correctly, <laughs> I don't know if I am. I just know that Henry Rollins is very good in it. Um, so I'm really curious about how that's going to play as well. And also his whole deal is kind of timely. So mm -hmm. I'm going to be really curious to see how he plays um, right now. So that's kind of where I'm going is I'm treating book two as the start of the show and trying to frame my reception of books three and four going forward that way. Um, which means, which means I get to compare books three and four to book two and it'd be totally valid. So <laughs> that's how I'm approaching this. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's how I'm approaching it. Tenzin best character. Uh, the beginning's best episodes um, mm -hmm. by a long shot. It's not close. Uh, it's not close. Um, but also just, I mean, Varric is also a good character. and But we talked about that and how weird it is that he's very good and yet totally awful. Mm -hmm. Operation Wings of Freedom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, and we also have to, to mention the animals. Uh, yes. We can't talk about the, the, the season and not mention the new animals. And the most important new animal is our spirit scorpion spider anglerfish. What the f*** was that? That's not okay. <laughs> oh, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like we somehow blocked it. And that's why we didn't talk about yeah. it. No, um, I, I forgot all about it. And I watched that episode like 12 hours before we recorded. And I yep. just went, yeah. Just like doesn't exist into the memory hole. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Marcus thinks Marcus says the new buzzard hornets. Like I needed to remember the buzzard hornets. 
to quote Finn the human that's going in the vault <laughs> in the vault <laughs> oh man there were there were plenty of mentions of cute turtle ducks to help you know cleanse things but still I feel like no conversation about the animals of season two would be complete without at least a mention of that. Allison, how was your season two experience with The Legend of Korra as a first time viewer? You know, I really like Noel's thinking here, because if you think of this as if instead of thinking it, thinking of book one and book two as season one and season two, if you think of book one as the Battlestar Galactica movie and... (laughs) And book two as season one, then, and they're just different lengths and what is TV versus what is a movie anymore? No one knows. It's the Wild West. (laughs) Who the hell knows? Um, I, I, all of a sudden things make a little bit more sense. Then it's very typical, familiar first season stumbles with some really impressive highlights as opposed to a show that had some very high highs and still occasionally has those high highs, um, but which doesn't quite feel as electric or as whole. Um, So I, I'm feeling charitable, I guess, as a result. And I do think for all of the stuff that's being left on the table, the fact that it's out there to be left is good is in and of itself a promising sign, right? It means that it's a rich universe and it's a story with a lot of angles and we're identifying the paths not taken, which can be frustrating, but that doesn't mean that there aren't paths being taken. Um, So yeah, so I think if we get more of what we got with Tenzin this season, if we get more um, sort of, thoughtful, unexpected explorations of the nature of human relationships, which I think is also a big part of this season. Um, The good things and the bad things are sort of linked by that through line. Um, Then maybe it'll be easier to just appreciate the show for what it is. Um, So I I guess that's sort of post Noel who really took me to church there. I think mm-hmm. that that is sort of where I'm to. sitting. No, it was great. Are you okay. kidding? It was great. It was really good. Um, so I'm feeling slightly more charitable. Um, and who doesn't screw up finales? Everyone does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone does. It's a time-honored yeah. tradition. It is a time-honored tradition. Um, and if you're, if you're not screwing up finales, then you're a Star Trek. You're, the next you're screwing up, I was going to say, <laughs> fair enough. I was going to say, then you're screwing up everything else. <laughs> a la alias. So we were both mm, yeah. doing in two different directions with this yeah. reference. Um, your legends of tomorrow. <laughs> your legends is, is of tomorrow. Um, did you see that mush thing? No, I'll look this up after we get done. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's wild. Anyway. Um, so yeah, I mean, I feel good about season two book two actually season one of the new legend of Korra. Mm-hmm. okay well favorite character favorite mm-hmm. episodes favorite you know animals all of, all of our normal favorites what stood right. out highlights uh, lowlights i mean my heart belongs to pabu mm-hmm. but that yes, feels like your eyes He's just, he's just the best. Um, I think, you know, my favorite character, that, my favorite character is Tenzin, but I also want to give some love to Bolin, who I think is 
really wonderful this season, despite the fact that there's so much garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I mean, that does commit sexual assault in a workplace. Right. Yeah. God damn it. No. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing that happens this season. Yeah. Um, he's, you know what? That's not his fault. That's, that's the, the writer's, writer's fault. That is not Bolin's fault. Um, that little it's turtle. Not, does. It's not his fault. He's written that way. Yeah. Or like, you know, when you're, when you just get started, in acting and you get all excited because you're going to have a show kiss and you're like 12 and then it's like a whole thing in your brain. We have seen no evidence that Bolin has the emotional intelligence of anything past like a 12 year old. Mm -hmm. So that does not, that would never excuse behavior in real life, but maybe that's the view I'm going to take. Whatever. Bolin is still going to be my second choice. As much as I love Cora, Bolin is still going to be my second choice um, because it was really fun. It was just always so nice to see him do something stupid and goofy and mm-hmm. you know, Sokka adjacent. Always a lovely thing. Um, but it's Tenzin. Uh, Beginnings is the best. Um, so there's that. Uh, in fact, Beginnings is so good that I almost said Juan as my favorite character of the season. Mm-hmm. Um despite the fact that, you know, he's barely in it. So um, I said animal, I said character, I said episodes. What was mm-hmm. the other thing? Uh, any highlights and lowlights you want to oh. make sure to mention? Um, I love Janora. I, I just am feeling frustrated by that ending. I really loved the Kaya, Janora, Tenzin storyline that we got near the end of the season with and that sort of the way that the three of them interacted with each other. Um, an obvious highlight, uh, the legend of Boomy, um, <laughs> which was not only a highlight of this season, but really of my month. Like I think September just just pushed over into bearable as a direct result of Boomy. <laughs> And his flute. Um, and his flute, trying to Pied Piper all the dark spirits and it actually working for one of them. Uh, the whole thing, just magical. So that is a real highlight. Uh, is there anything else that I want to make sure to mention? Um, and for a highlight, that's also a low light. Uh, the visual of all of the the previous avatars disappearing is like is like genuinely haunting. It sat with me a lot over the last couple of days. Um, so that it's it's lingering in a way that is making me unhappy but which mm. is good like good <laughs> art bad experience oh <laughs> uh, yeah yep uh if we're talking about other highlights and lowlights i feel like we have to mention the, the platypus bear pooping money because it's just very good i it's can't very believe good. that that happened this season yeah oh yep. my god what is time yes that was amazing <laughs> Um, well, before we throw it over to Marcus for his thoughts on the season, we heard from Vince on Twitter who says uh, he's not sure if he can join us today, So, in which he's not able. So a few thoughts. Janora is the best and my favorite character. The season was kind of meh. Some episodes felt so rushed and others didn't seem to end, especially the finale with Team Avatar hitting one rock bottom, bottom after the next. Every time you got a new evolu- evolution of our hero or backup arriving, Vatu just swiped it off as if it was nothing. It felt way too depressing for my taste. Also, Bolin wasn't so hot on him in season one did absolutely nothing for me in season two i mean i mean vince i mean i i guess you were allowed to have your own opinions but come on he's nuck tuck when he's actually rips his sleeves off of his jacket uh 
but yeah, I, fair enough. Um, also, Vin says um, Asami was completely wasted again. Um, he really loved the beginnings two-parter, and Varric turned out to be nothing more than a gimmick. He was an evil mastermind one second and completely forgotten the next. Felt like a waste of time that could have been spent with other characters. So, fair enough. Uh, I actually would say, for me, it's like, for best new characters, I think Varric is pretty high up there. I think they... Like, there's some missteps with, like, how they pace and structure some of that, the the beats with Varric, but he's just so entertaining that it's hard not to appreciate him. And a, a strong second has to go to Eska, if only for the Aubrey Plaza of it all. Uh, Desna's great, too, but it's definitely Eska plus Desna. Also, Desna's there. Um, so I actually really enjoy Varric, even if, yes, where they're spending their time throughout the season is questionable. And it's most questionable with Mako, who we haven't even mentioned yet for obvious reasons. So I would be fine with keeping the Varric time where it is and just excising everything with Mako <laughs> and instead using our time, uh, you know, that way. But that is my thoughts. Uh, Marcus, I'm curious your thoughts on the season as you watched it for the first time. Um, the one word that I keep thinking of to describe the season is baffling. <laughs> okay. Um because at times it was really, really good. And then other times they just couldn't do anything right. And it's strange how they, how they decided to structure the season. And it's really weird that they had two different studios animating it. But it also seemed like the writing quality was like all the Studio Mir stuff were, happened to all be the better written episodes pretty much. Mm-hmm. versus not so it's just kind of like how is this a season of tv because it's strange that way um i really do like parts of it like i think the highs of this season were higher than anything in season one like a episode to episode because i really enjoyed a lot of the spirit world stuff and the beginnings uh two-parter but then they just spent so long well early on when unalak was obviously the villain not outwardly saying he's the villain and then just wasting time in the new republic city doing nothing basically just basically a dog chasing its own tail kind of thing when we can we could have been doing a lot or seeing a lot of the more interesting aspects that they were developing, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the most obvious example is just having the, uh, uh, the amnesia storyline. It was completely, <laughs> The only point of it, like the only lasting effect is it prolonged the love triangle at the end of the season because she gets her memory back immediately by going and seeing the first Avatar journey. But she could have done that journey without even amnesia. So like the only lasting effect is she's still, she thinks she's with Mako still at the end. It's like two scenes, right? It's really, and I think it's, I think they thought they needed 
the amnesia and the mat like finding this magical island so she can go to the Lazarus pit. I mean, it's not the Lazarus pit; it's something else. Totally, it's not the same. Um, and, and they, like you said, Marcus, they really didn't need the, you know, just have uh, Unalak or sorry, have Unalak just mention Rava or Vatu or something and. And, or, or like, you, you don't even understand your own past lives kind of a thing. And then she realizes she needs to go on a search for, you know, spiritual awareness and connection to the, you know, and that would be enough of a reason for her to, to start that, you know, like as a frame for, for the beginnings. Uh, and it really just, it breaks up Asami and Mako again. So go team. We're good with that. But thank goodness for that tree of time. <laughs> I don't even think they need to do that much to set it up because like as soon as she washed up on that shore from that fight she didn't need to have amnesia she'd be like oh the spirits are really dark and angry right now and then the other people could have just been like oh yes come and you need to heal yeah yeah, and see the origins of the avatar and everything and come to a better understanding it's just like they could have done it two lines and not have Mm -hmm. that so that's kind of why I just they just made a lot of baffling decisions. Other than that, um, Tenzin is obviously the best character. Mm-hmm. Like, not even close. Any other character that's good was hardly in it. Like, Janora was really good, but then she's just absent for episodes on episodes. And some important things that she does are just not shown. And yeah, so many of the main characters just seem to be dumber <laughs> mm-hmm. and yeah yeah fair enough any uh animal notes well cat deer oh yeah obviously how did we forget <laughs> the cat deer what is wrong with us marcus i take back everything i ever said about how it's your fault that appa suffered thank you for reminding me about the cat deer <laughs> yeah cat deer's awesome that's the short of it mm-hmm mm-hmm Okay. Uh, well, any things you're hoping for in season three or book three? I'm hoping, as uh, Noel said, it's kind of like the pilot or start of a new s- version of Korra, like mm-hmm. what the show actually wants to be. So I'm hoping it will do the good parts of season two and just kind of forget about all those bad parts because it's, ba- it's basically like two different shows. Yeah, I think the the fact that the title of the book is Change is a good thing, right? Like, this is encouraging. So, like, we realize we need to change some stuff, guys. Give us a little brief hiatus, and we'll come back with some new ideas. Um, so we'll see if that happens. Anything else? Any final thoughts you want to share? Uh, no, I think that's about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, anything else? I think it's just echoing what has already been said. So yeah, let's just end on the the lovely note of cat deer. Yay. Yeah. Yay, cat deer. Um, Well, then, Noel and Allison, I'm going to throw it back to you guys. Uh, Allison, any hopes for book three? Any any thoughts, predictions on on change? Uh, I want Asami and Korra to sing a duet about how they definitely don't need that man anymore. And then they get a crush on each other. And then we get a long, slow burn to... A Sora. Mm-hmm. Ka- Kami. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. Kora Sami. How about that? Kora Sami. Um, 
Uh, in seriousness, I hope that that we get to spend some more time on what is going on with Cora internally. Um, I feel like she's a very easy character to like and appreciate spending time with, but they haven't necessarily done a lot with her interiority. Like, I don't even know what other than, Ooh, pretty. I have no idea why she even liked Mako in the first place. Um, I don't know how she feels about being away from her parents. I don't know. I want to know all about how she feels about having these lives, this tether to this history cut off and how her dynamic with Tenzin changes. And I'm optimistic about that possibility. Um, it seems like if now we're comparing to Avatar The Last Airbender again, but if that was the story of a bunch of kids who were you know, essentially forced to save the world, um, chose to save the world, but were forced to save the world because somebody had to, and it had to be them. Um, you know, I want to watch a story now about somebody who is given slightly more of a chance to grow up at a slightly more reasonable pace. Um, and watching Cora evolve and learn and change could be really cool. So I hope for that. Uh, I hope more cat deer. Um, I hope more sky bison. Uh, I would love to see what happens when people start putting mover screens in their homes and how that <laughs> changes the entertainment landscape. Um, and uh, I want to know where Bolin's movie career is headed. Uh, and also I want him to get a therapist with everyone else. <laughs> well, see, that's the problem is like the big thing that change is actually is about is that Asami introduces one format for watching movers at home and Barrick introduces another format and there's this weird war that happens between the two of them that Cora has to like find a balance between. It occurs to me when we were talking about our animals, we did not shout out Blueberry, Spicehead, Princess Rainbow, Twinkle, Star Child, Star Child, and Juniper Lightning, Juniper Lightning Bug, and that's on us. That so, is on us. Those those baby yeah. sky bison. Those yeah. 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 Listeners, Allison's face when I went into this whole like <laughs> format war thing was just so delighted yeah <laughs> you know what the world is garbage but this is a good this is a good half an hour yeah <laughs> um and as marcus points out um he also liked the connections to uh avatar the last airbender and enjoyed that we got to see uncle iroh had more lines than general iroh which is a good and excellent point <laughs> yes an excellent point general iroh is not allowed to have lines until they give him a personality yes how i feel about that um and yeah that was a that was just such a well deployed like like uncle iroh you know comforting baby cora like right in the feels man so good there was some really good stuff this season ruthless Um, merciless emotionally merciless i love it you've got to have you've got to be like and this is really gonna get them you've got to do that sometimes it was good um, well, our first two episodes of book three are A Breath of Fresh Air and Rebirth. Very helpful titles, Allison. <laughs> Any predictions? I mean, I wish that I I wish that those were titles of Lucifer episodes mm-hmm. so that I could try to figure out what filthy thing they meant. Yeah. Um, because those are really boring. Because uh, man, a breath of fresh air, and what was the second one? I've already forgotten it. That's how Rebirth. Rebirth. Um Okay. Um, just when music in 
Republic City. It is Republic City, right? Yes. Just when music and Republic City is starting to all sound the same, four um, mop tops from across the ocean show up in (laughs) matching suits to change the face of rock and roll forever mm-hmm. um, on uh, Boleyn's new talk show that plays at night, <laughs> uh, the Boleyn show. And then um, this is a Beatles joke. I don't even know why I went there, but yes, mm-hmm. obviously from the earth kingdom because they rock. That's great. Marcus. Thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you for completing that joke when I just somehow was going to leave that on the field. Like what is wrong <laughs> with me? Um, and then for rebirth, um, somebody gets pregnant and then has a baby. And then she's like, you know what? That didn't go well. Let's try it again. And then then they put the baby back i'm really tired guys i'm sorry <laughs> i got nothing i got nothing i don't know it's, it's gonna okay. be all about a fresh start there you go there you go okay well thank um, you allison we will I see will say that at yeah. least a little bit like one bit of that is correct no it is not one little bit of it's it is definitely correct. it's definitely putting the baby back inside of a pregnant person <laughs> right it is it great. is great that's yeah. great hermetic so- convergence had a lot of weird effects on the planet <laughs> it's really like- strange <laughs> you never know what's going to happen when all the planets line up very dramatically um i feel do. the need just because i shouldn't actually assume this anymore to just make really clear that all of our listeners know you cannot actually <laughs> take a baby that has been born <laughs> Put it back inside the person who was carrying it and have that person give labor a second time. That is not out. It's not a thing. Just want to make sure that because you never because you never know. Yeah. You never um, know. Yeah. What people are gonna think is a thing. Yeah. A bit, the, what people think is science. I just want to make real sure. There seems to be a lot of confusion. Don't about, do that. About biology and reproduction. So like I want to be really clear. You that's not a thing you can do. Right. Um, oh. Marcus wants a big bad that's not a water waterbender for the next book. And Marcus, I have great news for you. Mm-hmm. I have excellent news for you. It is not a waterbender. That's great. Is it Savitar? It is Savitar. <laughs> great. It's a time but, bender. Ooh. I mean, time bender does sort of feel inevitable. <laughs> Do we ever get a time bender? No, we don't. It's not a thing. But it would be cool if it was. It would be cool. Uh, I think that's just the doctor, though, isn't it? That's just the doctor. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, Nancy is here. So, hi, Nancy. Kitty. <laughs> so, that means that it is time for us to wrap up the episode. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> Marcus, is that lion turtle didn't give out gifts? Yeah, that lion turtle <laughs> was just like, no. I gave a gift one guy, one time to one guy in his, blo- in his blue box, and now I just, it wreaks havoc. So, no. No more. Um <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so thank you, Marcus, for joining us in the Zoom today and sharing your thoughts on the season. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back tomorrow for book three. Bye. Bye.